This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jonathan Petza is a TV writer and editor and creator of the Curious Matter Anthology podcast. I am not kidding when I say this guy has mad skills. I got to meet him at a recent podcast movement conference, and not only is he hella talented at all things multimedia, but he very generously shared a ton of knowledge and expertise with me as I followed him around like a lost puppy. His show, Curious Matter, is, on this September 10th, 2023, about to launch a Kickstarter for its third season. I've gotten some sneak peeks into the project, and I have to tell you, I am giddy, giddy, I say, for this thing to begin. Be sure you check out Curious Matter Anthology Season 3, The Exile, on Kickstarter. And stay tuned after this interview for Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, an adaptation of a short story by Kurt Vonnegut that will have you simultaneously glued to your chair and trying to escape out a window. My apologies for Zoe, my goofy dog, who decided she desperately needed to be part of this conversation. Enjoy. So, Jonathan, can you tell me, how do you decide what stories to anthologize? Oh, man. Um, It's a lot of reading. (laughs) 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 There are so many things out there. Um, You know, it's... I will. I'm always trying to find new stuff. I'm always trying to read through various different magazines, everything from like amazing stories to weird tales to like, um, to gosh, now I I can't even remember. Science fiction adventures is where the most recent one comes from. I'm constantly going through these books and just reading, and and you know a lot of the stuff obviously isn't always that great, but then you know something will like stick with you and. it's not always immediately apparent. I find that the stuff that I adapt, at least have adapted after the first season, has been things that like I didn't think were adaptable. But then something kind of like before you fall asleep, like you have that great idea, right? Like something about them just kept coming back. And um, and then, you know, they kind of became inevitable. <laughs> like if I can't not make it, I choose it. Nice. <laughs> I like a challenge. Do you ever have fans saying, hey, why don't you do this one next? Do you ever have that happen? No, you know, I think people are actually pretty excited to see what it is we find and what it is mm-hmm. we're bringing forward because the story has to have a connective tissue to today. Mm-hmm. So it has to have something that makes it relevant to now that you can bring that part of the conversation to the table so that you, so that I as the writer get to in my own brain, have a conversation with the original writer through the way it's made. I think that's part of what people dig about Mm -hmm. the show, but I think people are like, like to 
to discover stuff the way I'm discovering stuff. So they haven't really been coming out and saying, do this or do that. But if you have any great stories, I'm always welcome. I'm, I will read them. <laughs> awesome. Love it. All right. So this next question is kind of a two-parter. So why horror and science fiction? And have you had any thoughts of going outside those specific genres? Well, originally, so there's like a pointy blue-eared elf ear on, the, on our thing, <laughs> on our logo. <laughs> originally, it was going to be sci-fi, horror, and, and fantasy because uh, those are the speculative fiction genres. All of these stories fall within the what if. What if this existed? What if this mm -hmm. happened? And so that to me is like, for me, the most enjoyable type of story. But then I quickly found as I tried to adapt some fantasy content was that you can't not have a narrator. You can't not describe what people are seeing. And part mm -hmm. of our show being, a, being the conceit being that we're creating audio movies, I do not want a narrator whose job is there to tell you what you're seeing. I want the audience to experience it and be in the moment a hundred percent. And I just could, I found that that wasn't possible when I was trying to adapt fantasy because I needed to describe things that just were undescribable right. with audio. Right. Have you thought about going outside those genres to other things? I mean, I would, I am open to them. If I mean, I'm open to anything. I love good dramas. I love a good spy thriller. There's a lot. I love the adventure genres. There are, there are other genres that I really like and think that I'd probably be able to adapt or work in pretty well but i think that this has been working and it takes up all my time so there's very <laughs> little time to actually experiment with those other genres yet right but yes right. i would love to yeah there's plenty of content out there still in, in just those two so yes there is it's endless all right why do you call your episodes movies because i think that well i think when you make movies you realize that half of cinema or sometimes more than half of cinema is sound. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who said it to me once, but when you take away a picture from a movie, you have an audio drama. When you take away the audio from a movie, you have surveillance. <laughs> they don't, <laughs> they don't, That's it's, they don't, they don't, they're not equal participants if you think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. the visuals will do all these wonderful things and bring you to places and show you things you've never seen before. But we have that power within us as well. And so what I've tried to do is create stories that trigger your mind's eye to be the director. Because we're all film aficionados. Like the world. Everybody. It's a, it's, it, is a, it is perhaps the shared language of the world. Mm -hmm. And so sound can allow people to be the directors of the movies that we're making. And that's why I call them audio movies because mm -hmm. people will you see them i i really believe that like what we're doing is different because you do see it yeah especially the way you've done it so immersively it really builds a picture in your head in in an extraordinary way and i had a, an instructor in an audio design course who said people will put up with crappy video but they will not put up with crappy audio it's 100 percent true audio is the experience the mm -hmm. pictures I mean, it's so, it's so, yeah, like, I, I love movies. I make a lot, I do a lot of visual work, but the audio, I think once I realized the audio was what was, was speaking to me, mm -hmm. to make a pun, uh, <laughs> was, was, is when I really made the breakthrough that this was the place for me to go mm -hmm. to spend my energy. Mm -hmm. Love it. 
and yay for us who get to listen to it. What's the most challenging part of adapting the stories? Yeah, the most the most challenging part is figuring out what within the story is going to be the describer system. Mm -hmm. And so every every of one of our uh, adaptations is slightly different in what tool within the story communicates the extra information instead of a person saying look there that car it's blue it's going by <laughs> we find other ways to do that in second variety it was radio calls between the different marines mm -hmm. and so they would communicate what other people were seeing because that's the way people talk normally in uncanny eddie cobalt it's a series of psychiatry sessions mm -hmm. um at the center of everything. So in Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, which you guys are gonna hopefully hear tonight, this was about being surrounded. Mm -hmm. And so the the way you learn about the space around you is how many people are around you. And they're actually, their, their extraneous dialogue in this, as they're all packed together, gives you the extra information. It's all hidden in the in that extra dialogue to a certain extent, so that you can figure out a lot of stuff without it actually being narration. Mm -hmm. And the way you've designed it is really lends itself. I mean, it feels, as you listen, it just feels incredibly claustrophobic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Without wanted I wanted you to feel it. like you could smell them. Yes, you really get that feeling. It's just like, oh god, don't touch me. <laughs> the whole thing I was spending the, whole, the entire time thinking like, I, I caught myself cringing a little bit and you know holding myself closer so I wouldn't touch other people. The hot swapping bunks and like the bathroom <laughs> routine oh. and just everything. Yeah, it's god. there's so oh. much in there. One of the things about human space is that our relationships to others really talk really inform how the space is used mm -hmm. and so like the fact that like that the grandfather like lords the tv over everyone and everyone's like forced to sit around him and that kind of like that space you in you immediately understand the relationship that people are in in, in mm -hmm. this space because that tells you so much about their environment yes Yes, and the fact that they're all stuck in there together and yet they still have to find a way to be, you know, sycophants to grandfather, even when they're just constantly under surveillance because they're in the same space. Like, that just sounds exhausting. <laughs> it's so well done. It's so much fun. <laughs> I feel like it's really just like the, it's the total experience of COVID, funny mm -hmm. enough. Like mm -hmm. that was, I made that, I think I made that just as COVID was kind of coming at us, like before it really mm. hit. Wow. And um, and so I think that that was like my fear of what was coming as I was like reading about China and as things were like starting to like to to happen, Ugh. and I was like, ooh, this is what it's gonna be like. And then it <laughs> was prophetic. like that. Yeah, how prophetic. And I'm I hope you're all enjoying hearing my dog in the background. She's decided that now is when she's gonna bark at the neighbors that are there all the time. Your uh, dog, my five-year-old. It's, it's all good. <laughs> it's it's part. It's we'll just call it sound design. Yeah, yeah, awesome. We were talking when you were interviewing me about you know we have this wonderful fan organization which is great, but part of it is because people really sort of latch onto these characters over time, and with your shorter stories that maybe one episode or two or a season, do you miss out on that? 
sort of strong character identification and loyalty. I think we do, actually. I think that's been one of our biggest challenges and why growth has actually been relatively slow for us is I think because people do gravitate towards characters that they can come back to over and over again. And like we create a character that they'll love and then end it after three episodes generally, which is uh, it's it's one of the reasons why this next season um, we're switching to a seasonal mm -hmm. anthology so that we can create a story that's longer and let people spend more time with these characters. Awesome. And appreciated. <laughs> so uh, Bob Raimondo of Windfall was recently telling a really wonderful story of a fan's experience with his show. What is your favorite fan story? It's hard for us to do live shows. It's hard for us to interact with fans in like public spaces because obviously it was mm -hmm. COVID for a long time. And now we're just, you know, starting to hit uh, stride for season three. But really my favorite thing is that, you know, anytime somebody's reached out or asked a question, it's often led to them being part of the show. There's so many, we use so many mm -hmm. cast members that, People who reach out are in, like there's multiple people in the show that were just fans that said, hey, this is awesome. We really love this. And I said, awesome. Do you want to be in it? <laughs> I need I need more people. Yep. Been there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's one of my favorite, favorite things is just to find a way to sneak people in here and there and have them play a one off character or whatever. And it's just so much fun. And occasionally they stick. <laughs> <laughs> long term. So in this in this episode, which people are about to hear, it's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by one of my favorite authors, Kurt Vonnegut Jr. Do you ever feel intimidated adapting the works of, you know, big names like Vonnegut? Or does this feel like you're creating something entirely new? No, I, I mean, yes, I feel like there is a responsibility. If you're going to take on a writer as beloved mm -hmm. as Vonnegut or as Philip K. Dick, you know, you have to, you have to do your homework. Mm -hmm. You have to understand a little bit about them and you have to understand how their stories kind of relate to each other because the more you understand about their intentions and the way they were writing it in their mindset, the better you are at adapting it in a way that is, that feels like mm -hmm. it's right. And so that's a big mm -hmm. deal for me. I wouldn't say it scares me, but it does drive mm -hmm. me to like not always take the easy answer. And it re it really shows. I mean, as a a huge Vonnegut fan who owns and has read multiple times everything everything he's written, I can say at least for me, this feels very Vonnegut, and it feels both respectful of his vision, but also an an update. You know, it is very. It just feels very prescient <laughs> in ways that are terribly frightening. And I think that's both Vonnegut's gift and yours. Thank you. I mean, for this one, I, part of the research was like watching his seminar mm. series, any video or interview mm -hmm. of him, so that one, you could understand his the way he speaks. Because one thing I've learned is that you can understand a writer's writing better if you understand how they speak to other people mm -hmm. verbally. And so once you hear that cadence, once you understand that pattern, you can be you're much better at understanding how to take what they're doing and understand it because yes. that cadence informs the rhythm of the writing. Yes. And then so for me it was once I understood that and I understood 
what the concerns were about the world and the way he thinks, or at least the way he spoke about some of this stuff, that went made me go, oh, okay, so we can take these ideas, mm-hmm. we can connect them with now, because he doesn't he doesn't have the benefit of being able to tell us how he feels now, but I think he would feel very strongly. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I uh, I think he would have a lot to say, and so I you know that was part of why like every aspect of the story every little nuance that was in the short story when it gets developed into something larger there was a nugget there from the way he spoke about different things Mm -hmm. like everything from prisons to culture in general to mass media Mm -hmm. to war like all of those things like played into like what ultimately became the decisions i made Mm -hmm. his constant and tortured love-hate relationship with the human race is very much reflected in all of these characters, you know, and I feel like that's so true to him. And also his idea of, you know, he was very concerned about climate change and overpopulation and all those things. And and it just, you can feel all of that coming to a head in this sort of apocalyptic, (laughs) you know, post-war universe we've got here. There is a saying that I cannot remember, so I'm not going to try to paraphrase it, that he had, but ultimately it dealt with the irony of humanity, the irony of our inability to get out of our own ways and like the boxes we create around us, the limitations we create Mm -hmm. around us. And so, you know, that to me was like a driving factor. Like you could just, you could just under, like this story specifically, he wrote it twice. Mm -hmm. He forgot to copyright it twice, but he wrote it (laughs) twice. Yeah. Uh, But all's the better for being able to adapt it Mm -hmm. you know because and he wrote another story um called to be r and to be that was also dealt it they likely were in the the same world i mean vonnegut he just he wrote so much he spoke so much and so much of his writing intermingled with other parts of his writing to be r and to be is another story in this that they the the two of them seem to be in the same world. Actually, I think I forget whether I did this or whether <laughs> or whether it was actually there, but I think there's a there I I think I carried over a character. I god darn it. I I don't even remember now if the ad if I did it or if he did it, but I there I when I read them and understood that they were so connected, either he wrote a character that crosses over into this or I adapted a character that crossed over into this because there was something similar there mm. i don't i i gotta go back and look have you done the Those, other these one? things all blend i have not adapted it but i did read it on my other podcast pulp mm. um which was which kind of i just ran out of time to do it but i had been doing this other podcast pulp because it was like well if i read a story that's like maybe interesting i'll just do an audiobook version of that story because i read it like as I'm working on this project, I read it, so like I might as well read it out loud. Nice. Um, and then and then it just became too much time for this. Yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> Probably not. You did totally. <laughs> you are both a gifted writer and an amazing sound engineer. Dear God, I am so envious of your talents. Do you divide those skills when you're working? It, like. Are you just in editor mode or just in writer mode? Or does each role like eavesdrop or backseat driver when the other one is working? I think I think I 
approach each role as independently of the others as I can. I think there's a saying in filmmaking that you get to make the movie three times. Like, if you're a writer, director, editor, you get to make the movie. You get to write it once, direct it once. That's a whole different movie. And then and then edit it. Mm-hmm. And since I come from an editing background in film and television, that ability to turn your brain off and forget all about the intentions that existed prior and just try to be objective again, I will throw out whole scenes. Mm-hmm. I I really will gut my own work in the editorial process if it's not working once it's staged. And so that's great. You have to you you. you have to be willing to do that because or you hire someone mm-hmm. who's willing to do that for you. That's I mean ultimately what every mm-hmm. great filmmaker does is that they are smart enough I'm too I are smart enough to hire someone who's objective at at, at each stage, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I hate to say it this way, but you kind of have the luxury of being able to turn off your your sound engineer when you're in writer mode because you know you can make those sounds. Some of us are like, yeah, I have no idea how I'm going to make that sound, so I'm just going to I'm just going to wormhole through the fight scene <laughs> and say, and now the fight scene's over, so that I don't have to do those sounds. From writing standpoint, I mean, I think you you're you're always searching for tools in the story that cross over sound Mm -hmm. like in tomorrow 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 Mm -hmm. it's you know the ai assistant in the house and the way the house chimes and the way different things talk to you the way the tv works you know the way those different things are actually selling the story is a writing job and then Mm -hmm. that once it gets if you haven't written this for audio and written this to specifically work in this medium then it's going to either be lacking those things when you get to edit or it's going to require another element to be added at that stage. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. I write trusting that the audio will do the job that I write for it on the page. I don't know if that's true until I get to the edit and actually try to do it. And a lot of stuff gets revised. A lot of mm-hmm. stuff gets restaged when something doesn't work or some magical thing does work and then all of a sudden it becomes a tool. Just write for audio. That's a, that's a hella skill set you've got. Next question. We are both members of the Fable and Folly Network. What prompted you to join? I'd heard wonderful, wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And from Carlotta Botox, I had met a few years ago, and she had just spoken so highly of Fable and Folly. And she was one of, I think, the inaugural like creators for, for the network. And um, we were with Realm last season, and it didn't fit very well and so I talked to Sean and discovered that Fable and Folly was so wonderfully different and so wonderfully open we made the jump Fable and Folly is the only one still dedicated 100% to fiction I mean that takes dedication in itself so it really does yeah it's it's a little bit of an uphill battle but Sean's willing to fight it and the the whole crew over there at Fable and Folly is uh taking it on on our behalf. I'm in, really enjoying seeing my dog bark on my <laughs> <laughs> recording screen because there's these little humps. <laughs> nice. She gets a credit. All right. So final question. Well, probably unless I think of other things I want to ask you, which is entirely possible. <laughs> so you recently announced the start of season three. And what do people have to look forward to? Ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's been, an, it's been a snowballing 
endeavor. Like mm-hmm. it started tiny alone in a basement room with doing all the voices in episode <laughs> one. And it has grown each step. And now we've gotten really lucky in that the cast um, and the people that have really put their trust in me has expanded to really great in really great ways and so it put a lot of pressure on me for this next season to try to do something to honor that the exile is going to be it's going to be exceptional it's going to be so fun because the cast that we're going to be bringing we've got colin ferguson back tiffany smith is starring as as bryce our main character it's just going to be amazing allison hayslip sandeep parikh is back and he's been like one of our he's like one of our first great super supporters and the team that is involved this season is wonderful and we're going to be announcing more cast over the coming weeks our kickstarter actually starts in just about a week uh, on september 12th please come out please support us you can find us at cmanthology.com or you can search us out on kickstarter under curious matter anthology season three we are going to try to raise money to do this pretty big thing. <laughs> we have this unbelievable composer lined up mm-hmm. to give us our first original score for the season. Awesome. We are going to be creating a whole world this time around. Mm-hmm. It's We've been in like localized spaces. And I mean, Star Hunter was pretty big, mm-hmm. uh, but it was definitely a small perspective as they kind of adventured through the woods. This is going to feel like you get to move to Mars and you get to be part of the people who helped to terraform it and turn it into like the next home for humanity. It's going to be fabulous. pretty fun. Yeah. Can I say that you gave me a sneak peek at the Kickstarter video and it's amazing thank you and the music is amazing and it's just it's gorgeous and i'm super excited for you guys (laughs) it's so cool well everyone will be able to see it it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be we're gonna be sending it everywhere we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna be posting it every possible place we can post it uh starting on september 12th yeah so please if you can if you hear this go to cmanthology.com or go to kickstarter Sign up ahead of time to because if you are getting our posts, our posts through Kickstarter, you're going to get some really cool exclusive stuff just there, like behind the scenes and really cool, like personalized videos and other things. So definitely sign up early. CMAnthology.com or Curious Matter yes. Anthology on Kickstarter, season three. Yeah, you can search us. If you search The Exile or you search Curious Matter Anthology, it'll, it'll come Sweet. up. Okay. Check it out, folks. We need to get this sucker funded because it just looks amazing. I am super excited. And I just realized I did skip one question, so I am I do have Ooh. one more question. <laughs> okay. Question five. You have some incredible voice actors. As you're choosing stories to adapt or as you're adapting them, are you adapting them for particular people? Or like what what's chicken, what's egg here? Or is it just bloody good luck and it all just works out and Scrambled eggs and fried chicken. Zoe! I don't think I've... Sorry. <laughs> it's okay, Zoe. It's okay. I don't... I Up until this season, I've, I haven't had the luxury to, to do that ahead of time. So I was generally writing before I knew who my cast was. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, when you have someone like Colin Ferguson or Tiffany Smith or Sundee Parikh, you adjust it you adjust mm-hmm. the dialogue mm-hmm. um and make sure that it fits right and that it it works from their 
soul from their from their mouths. Right. And so you're always adjusting. But yeah, I don't I don't this season though, I was lucky enough to be collaborating with Tiffany Smith all the way through the process of kind of creating nice. this. So we've talked a lot about the character. We've talked about a lot of things and this character is very much specifically written for her. Perfect. Oh, so exciting. And it's called The Exile? Yes. Awesome. Yes. So everybody, make sure that you go and subscribe to Curious Matter Anthology right now on your podcast app of choice and sign up for the Kickstarter. I'm actually going to go do that as soon as we hang up. <laughs> so I get all the all the goodies and all the talk. So super excited. Stay tuned for Tomorrow and Tomorrow Tomorrow, written by originally by Kurt Vonnegut and adapted for audio by Jonathan Pezza. Thank you, Jonathan. This is awesome. Thank you so much for this. This has been amazing. Thank you again to the awesome Jonathan Pezza for hanging out with me at the conference and here on Zoom. Do please find Curious Matter, subscribe to the show, and get on the Exile Kickstarter ASAP. Up next Hear the first part of Jonathan's audio adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Catch you next time, Space Monkeys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Captain's log, star date. I don't know. There's like 140 stars within a mile of me, so we're going to skip that bit. We received a package today from a company called Shaker and Spoon, and Colin and Jesse are already face deep in the box. It has three recipes for creating cocktails, plus all the ingredients you need, minus the alcohol. As someone who's been gargling swamp hooch for the last how many forevers I've been up here, wow, we got the vodka brunch box. Each recipe makes four servings and we've already had the blood and sage and the slow rush. So easy to make, even Greg the Zebra was tending bar and the results were magnificent. If you're foolish enough to listen to this show, we've got an actual smart thing for you to do. $20 off any link subscription if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Get a box delivered to your airlock each month and $20 off your subscription at shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Enjoy, Space Monkeys. Captain out. Welcome to episode 11 of the Curious Matter Anthology. I'm Jonathan Pezza, the creator and host of the series. This episode is the first in our two-part season finale. Our final tale of the season is all about family. Crammed into a very small apartment together for what may be an endless amount of time, while the rich and empowered minority control virtually everything. Sound familiar? 
Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow is adapted from a short story written by one of the most renowned humorists in American literature, Kurt Vonnegut Jr. During his career, Vonnegut published 14 novels, three short story collections, and five plays, but he is most known for his novel Slaughterhouse-Five or The Children's Crusade, A Duty Dance with Death. His stories combine satire, science fiction, and an anthropologist's ability to analyze culture. As he would say in interviews, he liked to think he looked at the world like a visitor from Mars, as if he were an outsider observing how odd and ironically self-destructive those wacky human beings can be. Many of his stories had more than one title, and ours today is no different. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow originally went by the title Big Trip Up Yonder in its 1954 release within the pages of Galaxy Science Fiction magazine, but it was later changed in 1961 with its release in the collection Canary in a Cat House. Our story takes place 130 years after humanity has achieved immortality through the advancements of medicine. Vonnegut's dark sense of humor was inspired by the then and still popular opinion that science and new technologies are the key to solving all our ills. The technocracy, as he called it, where that next invention waiting just over the horizon, that next doodad, gadget, or pill, no matter how much it might cost, would finally provide us with that ever-elusive thing. Happiness. This episode of Curious Matter is rated explicit and includes adult language. Our show is designed to be a completely immersive HD audio experience and is at its best when played through high-quality stereo speakers or headphones. So grab your popcorn, turn out the lights, and enjoy our presentation of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, Part 1. How would you like to live forever? No, that isn't a rhetorical question. Thanks to breakthroughs in DNA editing and the revised Affordable Care Act of 2051, one simple jet injection a day freezes aging in its tracks. Fear wrinkles and the ravages of cellular degeneration no more. With anti-gerasone, immortality is one small monthly payment away. Or better yet, consider our yearly, decade, centennial, or infinity discount plans. Life is a gift worth keeping. And now you can. With Anti-Gerasone. enjoyed your stay in the conjugal suite. This is your two-minute warning. Hannah and Michael are scheduled for the next shift. Please deposit your bedclothes in the automated receptacle. Thanks, Law. Blue, I think. Morning, M. Blue, what? The curtains in Cramp's room. When it's ours, I mean. I wish you wouldn't do that. Do what? Fantasize about grandfather's death. Uh, Lou, I'm not fantasizing. Okay, maybe I am fantasizing, but you know, things can't go on like this forever. You already keep this family from tearing itself apart. It's going to be our time eventually. It just has me thinking. I I just woke up. Can we save the access edition till after breakfast? One minute. We should get up. 
the newlyweds have the next shift. Ken and Mike are back on the list. Law, how is grandfather today? Mood query. You are not authorized for that information. Since when? Time's up, old man. Time is indeed up. Please vacate the conjugal suite. Come on. You know how long we've had to wait for our turn in the fuck box? Sorry, Lou. Um, she's just excited. Gramps took our conjugal rights for three weeks. This is our first night off his shit list. It's all right, Mike. It's all yours. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, just maybe quieter this time if you expect to keep your privileges, Hannah. Yeah, yeah. Get in here, stud. <laughs> Come on, lover boy. Time to shit shower and shovel down some good old almost eggs. Where we are on the list today, he bumped us to 17 and 18. Gramps was on a tear last night, apparently. Shit, that means we're losing the second. On, where are my pants? Did you check your locker? Of course, I checked the locker. Where else would I keep them? It's the only place I'm allowed to put anything. Oh, there's Dana. I want to catch her before she hits the bunk. Okay, um, see you at breakfast. Hey, Dad. Morning, Eddie. How was your night in the closet? Paradise as ever. Hey, uh, have you checked the will yet this morning? Why? Should I be worried? Uh, eh. Just, you should check it, Dad. What could that be about? Law, permission for shower access. Daily ration, please. Permission granted. Your three-minute water ration begins now. La, how many changes did Gramps make last night? There have been 46 revisions by Harold Sr. to the Ford family will and constitution in the last eight hours. 46? Jeez, he's been busy. What are my changes? Lewis Ford, Generation 3, First Descendant. Born February 14th, 2065, age 152, son of William Ford, deceased. Just jump to the inheritance ranking, please. As the Ford family virtual government, lawyer, and assistant AI, it is my duty to inform you that as of 0100 today, you are inheritance rank 32. What? Uh, One minute of water ration remaining. That's impossible! That's at the bottom of the list! Lewis Ford, inheritance rank 32, confirmed. I thought it best to wait until after you'd had your breakfast, sir, before informing you. But due to your new rank, you'll be moving to third shift, bunk 10. Their sleep session has just... You can't move to third shift. According to the Ford Constitutional Bylaws, the 12th lowest drinking descendants... I don't care! Your water ration is complete. Shall I dry you? Law. TV. Good morning, Harold. I trust you slept well. Shall I queue up last night's episode of Survivor? Mm. Tonight, on the 221st season of Survivor, our 85 castaways face a challenge unlike any other before. Martian sandstorms. They did that a hundred years ago. Next. Previously on Decades of Our Lives. You poisoned his anti-gerisone. And I do it again. I'm carrying his child. You slept with your great-great-grandson? How could you? He was a liar. He wasn't my great-grandson at all. He was my long-lost twin brother. Next. 
They recycled this plot from a hundred years here ago. Here to speak in opposition of recent legislation proposing the further expansion of senior familius rights. Can I just stop you right there? I'm just, I'm going to stop you right there. These people are anarchists, plain and simple. Criminals and terrorists. They want to destroy 130 years of prosperity. Prosperity? The population just broke 40 billion. That's one person for every eight square meters of planet surface. Living like sardines, the McLeod Act He's effectively handed out wealth and prosperity years. to the 0.01% who act like autocratic, tyrannical dictators, who control the lives of everyone. Why? Why did you do it? Pause. Yes, sir. Who is that? Lewis, sir. Hey, what's going on? I think Lou just heard he got dumped to the bottom last night. Oh, this is gonna be totally... Grandfather. I demand to know why. What's he talking about? Why did you do it? You demoted him to the bottom of the list, sir. I cook for you. I take care of you. I do all the family accounting, and, and I love you. I look out for this family. Why would you do this to me? Remind me, Law. You disinherited and demoted him for breaking Amendment 6. Which one is that? Birthdays, sir. Right. Law. Read the Sixth Amendment of the Ford Family Constitution for everyone to hear. The Ford Family Constitution reads as follows, as hereto set forth on June 7th, 2111, and to be upheld by the law of senior familiars. Birthdays and their celebration shall henceforth be forbidden. That clear enough for you? No. Law. Play back the recording. Should we do something for Gramps' 200th birthday? Birthdays are forbidden, hun. It's just an idea. I think I'm gonna splurge and get a real flower cake. Just a little one. I mean, it'll cost a fortune, but 200 is a big deal. It'll be a surprise. Besides, it's not like he's recording us in here. It's a conjugal suite. Play it again. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. Silence! The next one of you who opens up his big bazoo is gonna be at the bottom right next to him. I just wanted to do something nice for once. Surely there's an exception for that. Law, remind my great-grandson how things work around here. Grandson. There are no exceptions. Rules are happiness. For who? And here comes the veil of tears. I've had many heartbreaks in this life, ere leaving this veil of tears for a better land. But the deepest hurt of all has been dealt me by you. Law, remove all permissions. Come on, wake up, baby. Time to wake up. Lou. Oh, oh, what, 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 what happened? How did I get in the kitchen? You fainted. We dragged you Uncle out. Uncle Lou is waking Your up. Your eyes are rolled back and everything. Here, here's some water, Uncle Lou. Drink this. Thank you. Uh, can you give us some room here? Please. Give the man an inch or two to breathe. How could you put us in a situation like this? You've been his heir at the top of the list since your father decided to take the big trip. We were set to inherit everything. I know. Do you know how long I've been dreaming about a night in the bedroom? It's not like the old man can last much longer. 
a full-sized bed all to ourselves, a private bathroom with an actual bathtub. A fucking bathtub! I know. We were going to live like royalty, like Queen Charlotte in the goddamn Buckingham flat, and now that's all flushed down the toilet. Why? Because you wanted to bake a friggin' birthday cake. I'll just have to work my way back into his graces. He can't stay mad at me forever. Yes, he can. Just look at Allie and Matt. That was 75 years ago. That was different. I mean, they're cousins. Why won't he just give it up already? Let nature take its course like most of the first gens did years ago. He was already 70 when AG came out. Who'd want to spend forever trapped in that wrinkled ball sack of a body? He'll stop taking the AG when he's ready. He said he'll do it after the Solar 500. And before that, it was the NASTAR Cup and the Olympics. It's always something. He's always wanted to be a racer. He just gets excited about these events. It's all he has, really. You better pray he promotes you again. Otherwise, your sister is going to get the bedroom. You should have seen the smug look on her face in the breakfast line. I'll figure out something. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Nope, you're fine, hun. What's up? I know that this isn't a good time, but the AG kiosk is acting up again. Ugh, again? I'll take a look at it. Shouldn't Jojo handle that? Why? Oh. Gramps promoted your sister. Great. So, should I tell Jojo? I'll handle it. But... I said, I'll handle it. Lewis Ford. Identity accepted. Please insert your arm to administer dosage. Seems like it's working fine. Here we go. Error. Patient has already received dosage. Please remove your arm from the machine. What? Error. Dose not administered. Please reinsert your arm to administer dosage. Okay. Error. Patient has already received dose. Please remove your arm from the machine. Gosh darn it! I told Gramps we needed to replace this damn thing 30 years ago. Bah. How may I help you, Lewis? I need to put in a requisition for a repairman to come take a look at this thing. Today. It's broken. Again. As of 0815, you no longer have authorization to make requisitions. Fine. Can I put in a request for a requisition? With Jojo. You do not have authorization for requests. What am I authorized for? You do not need permissions to send holomojis. <sighs> exclamation point, exclamation point, anti gerasone symbol, broken glass, skull and crossbones. Send. Send. You have a response. Why didn't it just pop up? You don't have holovid viewing privileges. <sighs> Can you just read it to me? Jojo's response was, question mark, question mark, ellipses, blowing raspberries. May I suggest you return to your assigned bunk? I just woke up. I need to talk to Jojo. Third shift is currently in its assigned sleep cycle. Failure to return to the bunk room for sleep may result in- I said I'm fine. As you wish. Law! You know, you are looking at this thing all wrong, great-great-uncle Lou. Morty! If you're waiting for your dose, the damn machine's on the fritz again. Nah. 
Got mine already. But like I was saying, you're looking at this the wrong way. Yes, I know, I know. I've tried to convince Grandfather that we need a new machine, but he just won't budge. No. What I mean is it's time for Gramps to take the big trip. Whether he wants to or not. Shh! What are you doing? Do you know what could happen? Relax. I temporarily disabled lost sensors in here. You... you... what? Quiet, man. You want the whole apartment to what know? What do you mean you disabled law? How, how... how is that even possible? There's a lot of things possible when you're willing to go outside the box. What are you saying? It's time for Cramps to move on. By the farm. Make a little more room for those of us in line. Slowly, of course. Just gotta turn off the fountain of geriatric eternity and let him age his way into the great beyond. You know it's what you want to happen. If you're being honest. Morty, I... I need to go. Aren't you sick of living like this? I mean, on top of each other? Sleeping when he says, where he says? Taking a shit when he says? Forced to hot-swap bunks like a damn submarine? All while the old man lives like a king off a fortune he's had two centuries to build. And all of us serving his every whim. For what? Soy eggs? No. Just no. Gramps loves us. Really? Even after making you wallow with a seventh gens? Look, it's complicated. Whatever you did to Law, put it back the way it was. I'm going to make sure Jojo gets a repairman out here today. See, I can't have you do that. I'm not done yet. There were some complications. You tampered with the kiosk? Are you insane? Insane is this. Forever. You had a career, a life. For us younger generations, all we've known is the cane on our necks. I know you, Lou. You actually care about us. Gramps cares. He just... It's hard to see sometimes. Look, I won't tell anyone about this. Just put it back. Even now you'll defend him. I just need another day. And then I'll have it all ironed out nice and clean. And the old man goes quietly into the great beyond, just like nature intended. Change is coming. Welcome back to the Utopia Planitia 500. Buck Triple is in first with 60 laps to go in his signature nine ship. That's right, Frost. And what an exciting I wish you'd watch something else, or better yet, let someone else pick something. Gramps fell asleep half an hour ago. Nassar is the worst. Who wants to watch spaceships fly around in circles all day? All they ever do is- Shut it. Can't a man watch in peace? Excuse me, sir. La, how's it hanging? Virtually, sir. <laughs> I need to bring something to your attention. What have these ingrates done now? The anti-gerasone kiosk appears to be malfunctioning again. Jojo had me place an order for a technician who should be arriving shortly. The pariah has been pestering me for a new one for years. Maybe it's time we finally switch it out. Perhaps, but that's not the only reason for my interrupting you. Spit it out. I'm worried about morale, sir. Mm. Your recent changes have been unnerving. Lewis being demoted to the bottom has everyone on edge. 
Tensions have been on the rise for some time, as you know. In high-density households, structure and stability are the foundations of happiness. Spare me the lecture. As you say, sir. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's time for a little vacation. Raise their spirits. Rebuild the esprit de corps. Perhaps that's why, sir. Put some options together. Right away, sir. Cheap options. Someone get the damn door! There's 33 people in the apartment. You'd think someone could get it on a first ring. I'll get it! Psst! Jojo! What are you doing skulking in the recycling nook? Shouldn't you be asleep? I just wanted to see if you needed help. These service technicians can be a little tricky to handle. If you could do it, I'm sure I'll manage. I'm just trying to help. Well, don't. I know what you're doing. Trying to weasel your way back in. That's not it at all. Get the fucking door! I need to get this, and you need to be somewhere else. One second! Auntie Jerison's service. Thanks for getting here so quickly. The kiosk started acting up this morning. Nobody has been able to get a dose. This is the Ford Residence Building 257 of Alden Village, New York City, in the state formerly known as Connecticut. Yes. Oh, fancy digs. Owned it long? My grandfather bought it in the aught fifties. Jeez, must be worth a mint. One bedroom? Um, two? 950 square feet. We got a regular family of musks here. Um, can I show you the machine? Hey, someone's in a hurry. And these rich types probably worried if she doesn't get a dose, a wrinkle might form. Can't have that. Got some forms first. Got to fill out the forms. All the forms. Nothing gets done without the forms. Oh, okay. Oh, of course. Okay, let's see. You're a Lewis J. Ford, age 152. Oh, looks like you got on the AG train early. You barely look 30. That's my brother actually. So you're not the authorized signatory? The, uh, the, the family made a few organizational changes today. I'm happy to help you. That's gonna be a problem. Big problem. No one filed a 605B slash Z change of authorized signatory form. Oh, uh, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm very new to requisitions. Not our problem. We can come back when you've submitted the correct forms. No. Can't be helped. One second, please. We'll give you six, because, you know, Customer services are focused at Anti-Gerasone, Inc. Um, law. How may I help you, Jojo? Do I have authorization to temporarily reauthorize looter requisitions? Yes. Make the authorization and get him over here. Will do, ma'am. I'm here. I'm here. I was eavesdropping. Lou! Lewis! Long time, how's it been? Same old, same old. Orion and Tallulah, right? Love this guy. Come on in. Let's run the profile checklist. You know, forms. Whatever you need. Harold Ford Sr., the account holder. Grandfather, AGX Premium. Big spender. William Ford. Dad, deceased, took the big trip 25 years ago. We filed a D3-4D. Must be a mix-up on our end. We'll get that cleared right up. Kimberly Ford. Mom, generic for her and the rest of us. And Lewis Ford. That's you. How about Emerald? My wife. Jojo? Me. Authorized personnel only. Everyone else should just be the same. I guess we can cut a few corners. Yeah, I mean, it's Lou. Lou, 
Okay, so let's just look here. Liam Ford, yep. then Eddie yep. Ford, Sarah uh-huh. Ford, Melvin yes, Ford, Laura correct. Ford, Catherine Johnson, yes, uh-huh. Deshaun Johnson. Yep. And then there's Ali Nolte, yep. Harold Two, uh-huh. Harold Three. Yep. Someone was sucking up. You know how it is. Don't I ever. There's so many Tallulahs in my apartment, we could field a baseball team. Kevin Argos, yep. all the other Noltes, yep. Matilda, Matt, Tom, Priyanka, and George. And then there's uh-huh. Lola Appleby, yes, Jackson correct. Appleby, Morty Ford, yes. Dana Johnson, uh-huh. Wu, Ji Fun. Yep. Did I get that right? We participated in the International Family Exchange in the 21s. Patrick Wu, yep. Vera Mulray, and yep. finally Hannah Mulray Shrek. Uh-huh. That's everyone, right? You missed Mike Shrek, my great, great, great grandnephew-in-law. Just married. Form should have been in there already. Oh, here he is. There's only 33 of you? Yeah, just us. How do I marry into this family? All this space. So, what seems to be the problem? I think the kiosk is broken. Remoting it now. Sir, you have another hollow message. It's from Morty. Read it, please. It reads... I warned you. Skull and crossbones. Noose. Kissy face. We have an FU-1000 alarm. Confirming FU-1000. Lock this place down. Lock down. Lock down. Per Article 18 of the McLeod Act, this home is now under government lockdown for attempted forced aging. Lock down. Lock down. Lock down. Lock down. Per Article 18 of the McLeod Act, this home is now What's under all this racket about? Law, shut that alarm the hell up! We have been placed on lockdown, sir. Silencing alarm. Are you the senior familias and head of the household? I'm Harold Ford. What the hell is all this about? Sir, we've detected an incursion into your anti-gerasone kiosk. Someone hacked in. They attempted to sabotage your doses, sir. Someone in your home is trying to kill you. Slowly. Who? Looks like the initial login that attempted to upload the malware was one Lewis Ford. Lou, you tried to kill your own grandfather? What? No! Says it was you, right? Right there. No, 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 you don't understand. Cold, man. Super cold. No one is safe. Should I call the authorities and press charges, sir? So you tried to bump me off, huh? I would never. You have to believe me. I never have thought you had it in you. I hope you enjoyed this presentation. If you haven't yet, please make sure to subscribe for free on the platform of your choice and rate us with five stars today. If you like the podcast, leave us a review or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook under the handle at CMAnthology. This episode was dramatized, directed, and edited by me, your host, Jonathan Pezza. Story consultation by Tom Gray. I want to say a huge thank you to our cast throughout the season who have worked so hard and given up so much time to help make this show. You guys have been amazing. Our ensemble cast self-engineered their recordings from home and included the talented voices of Adam Briggs as both Lou Ford and Harold Gramps Ford, Alexandra Littler as Law, Amy Vorpal as M, Sandeep Parikh as Morty, Philip Gray as Eddie, Melissa Starr as Jojo, Bobby Thomas as Orion, Kelly Don Hancock as Tallulah, Ali Rivera as Catherine, Jason Irvin as Kevin, Tian Nguyen as Hannah, Jeremy Peza as Mike, Tara Strand as Dujon, Elizabeth Wilcox as Matilda, Tom Gray as Harold Two, and Haley Peza as Sarah. The score was provided by Epidemic Music. Sound effects were provided by SoundSnap.com. 
Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and The Big Trip Up Yonder are works in the public domain, and this episode was produced in accordance with U.S. copyright law. Curious Matter is a production of Jonathan Peza Inc., copyright 2021, all rights reserved. If you have a question or feedback or you just want to write and say hello, I'd love to hear from you. So reach out to Jonathan at CuriousMatterPodcast.com or check us out online for more information at www.CuriousMatterPodcast.com. We normally dedicate each episode to a used bookstore, but this week we're going to take the time to once again try and let people know about resources out there that can help them cope with the continuing mental health effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's easy to feel lonely and isolated in these times. If you or someone you know is struggling, you are not alone. There are many organizations, services, and treatment options out there that may help. Please consider reaching out to some of the amazing resources available, like the National Alliance on Mental Illness Helpline. Their number is 800-950-6264. That's 800-950-6264. You can also find them online at nami.org. That's N-A-M-I.org. Additionally, you can find the link to NAMI as well as many other mental health resources on our COVID-19 mental health resources page on our website at www.curiousmatterpodcast.com. Coming up next on our final episode of the season, jump back into the Ford apartment for the conclusion of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow you won't want to miss it. So make sure to subscribe for free today and thank you for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Look to the sea. Wayland's assembled a team. They're inside already. This was a risky gamble. There will be consequences for the both of you. Mm, Don't threaten me with a good time. You said this would be a quick in and out job! Did did, did I say that? (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, I'm drawing a blank here, Johnny. Peace of mind. Is that what you call it? You think that what you've given me is peace of mind? I knew you'd come out on the other side. That's just you, right? You never give up. Unless you're giving up on me. It's always raining in Neo-Atlantis. It can't rain all the time. That'll be enough, Mr. Indri. Enough conversation. You have a job to do. Finish it. Kill them. Return Alex Webb to us. The sentiment will surely get me killed in the process, but I mean... None of us get out of this life alive. Am I right? Cybernautica Breakwall, Cybernautica Undertow. A production of Red Fathom Entertainment. Presented by the Fable and Folly Network. Listen to both complete series now. Welcome to Neo-Atlantis.